What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the California Underground Podcast. I am your host, Phil, along with my trusty co-host, the best and fastest researcher in the West, Camille. And tonight, we have a very special guest on who has been fighting against one of the biggest evils, in my opinion, in California, which is the teachers' unions, who have gotten a little too big for their britches and a little too powerful. Um, Rebe- Rebecca Friedrichs, who was an author, she's an advocate, and she's gone to the Supreme Court with a case. We're going to talk about all of that tonight. Rebecca, thank you for joining us. How are you tonight? I am so happy to be here. I'm great. Thanks for having me. And I would say that the so-called teachers unions aren't really teachers at all. We could talk about that later, too. Excellent. Right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your backstory, who you are, um, so people know who, who have never heard of you before, so we can get started there. Sure thing. Well, I taught elementary school for 28 years in Southern California. I would still be teaching if the classroom hadn't gotten so corrupt by the unions. Um, I taught kindergarten through fourth grade. I miss my students so much. It hurts. I absolutely loved teaching, knew I wanted to be a teacher from age 12. And um, my husband also was a professor, 42 years. And uh, both of us ran into something called the teacher unions that we were both forced to fund as a condition of employment. And the union was always 100% of the time on the opposite spectrum of us as teachers. We wanted to do what was right for the students. We wanted to teach well, we wanted to work hard and the unions were on the opposite of that. They did things that were harmful to the children, harmful to our community, to our country. Um, and they, they reward laziness and uh, all kinds of problems. And they also are, were promoting a sexualized agenda in our schools, a, a radical Marxist agenda in our schools. So my husband and I both ran headlong into that. So I would say about a little more than halfway into my career, I decided to step up as a union rep because I thought I have to pay these people. So I might as well become a rep and have a voice. And I was shocked what I learned on the inside as a teacher rep for three years. I served on as the secretary on my local union. And what I discovered was that the local, the teachers agreed with me. They were good people. They cared about the kids. They didn't want to push a radical agenda. They didn't want their dues going to politics, but they were all too afraid and didn't know what to do to push back. So I started pushing back and it was basically like banging my head against the wall. Um, the unions don't want to be reformed. They are who they are. They're, they are a socialist slash communist um, uh, uh, organization that does not represent teachers. They use teachers as pawns to fund a very radical agenda. And if you have some teachers out there tonight, I'm not talking about you. If you're a great teacher, we love you. And we want to help you to understand that you've been captured. Your profession has been captured by these unions. So because of that, uh, after I served as a rep, it, I found out that I couldn't make a difference from the inside because the unions didn't want to be changed. They bullied myself. They bullied the other teachers who tried to make a difference on the inside. I have teacher friends who've been spit upon by union leaders, uh, booed off the platform. Uh, they'd walk, try to walk back to their seat and be blocked by a big bully who, man, you know, who would block their passage. So the unions are, uh, they use mafia tactics to terrorize good teachers. And so because I couldn't make a difference as a union rep and I couldn't, couldn't, you know, stop their behavior as a teacher, I started writing editorials to expose them for who they really are. I started that in 2012. And then in 2013, we filed a lawsuit, 10 California teachers. I was the lead plaintiff 
Our case was called Friedrichs versus California Teachers Association. We not only sued them, but we sued the NEA, the National Education Association, and our locals. And we sued to stop forced unionism for all teachers and government employees in the United States of America. And uh, eventually there was a win in June of 2018. So the biggest news flash you need to know is if you're in a government union, you don't have to pay them anymore. And your government union is most likely using your dues to push a very radical agenda that is you're very most likely against an agenda that harms children and that is against our liberties. So so that's uh, that's the quick story. It's not a funny story. It's a horrible story. As I said, I've been reading your book and and I'm hoping you'll share what you can about some of those actual little stories that have happened along the way that are horrific. Yeah, there was there was one story that I was reading um, that sort of kind of propelled you or one story in an article um it was regard it was right around the like there was a recession and there was the great recession and, and like all the teachers got together and you said hey we're going to protect all the teachers by taking a pay cut and then the union said what to you to <laughs> yeah so i was a union rep at this time representing my fellow teachers and it was during the obama administration with a horrible crash in the economy and we were told that uh, we weren't the, the the district was not going to lay off the ineffective teachers or the abusive teachers. They were going to lay off all the new teachers because the unions pushed for something called last in first out. So you could be the worst teacher in the district and keep your job just because you've been there a long time. You could be an abuser and keep your job. So all these incredible teachers were about to lose their job. Uh, one of them had been my student teacher. Several of them I had been mentoring. Uh, three of them had together brought up our district writing scores in fourth grade just brought them up in a huge way. They should have been rewarded. They were all going to be laid off because of this downturn in the economy. So as their union rep, I went to the teachers on my campus and I said, hey, during a meeting, um, what do you think about taking a small pay cut? It was 3%. We were the highest paid district in the county at that time, Orange County. If we could take a 3% pay cut. It would save all the jobs. Nobody would be laid off. It would keep class sizes down. We worked in a low-income district, a Title I district, so this would be better for our students, small class sizes. And a lot of our families had taken pay cuts and had moved in with grandma and grandpa because they couldn't afford their rent. So I said, look, this is good PR. We're standing with our community literally by taking a small cut. The teachers were with me. They said, yes, this is the right thing to do. So I took it to the, the union and literally I nagged for six months. I'm a middle child of five. I can nag. So over and over for six months, I was just, you know, look, this is what the teachers want. This is good for the students. I had talked to the superintendent. The district said they could do it. If we took this small cut, they could save all the jobs. The union, every time they said, oh, no, the teachers don't want this. I said, you don't understand. I asked the teachers. I said, how about I write a survey monkey? You can send it to any email address you want. The teachers answer. Yes, we want to do this or no, we don't. If 51% say no, I'll back off. I won't say another word. But if 51% say we want to take this small cut and save jobs and keep class sizes down and stand in solidarity with our community, then we move forward. Do you know they wouldn't let me make create that survey monkey? They wouldn't take a vote. They wouldn't let us talk to the whole um, staff of the whole district about it. You, here's what they said to me. The president of our union said, Rebecca, don't worry about those teachers who are going to lose their jobs. The union's going to take care of them. We're going to give them a seminar on how to get unemployment benefits. They were dead serious. These teachers were paying $1,000 a year 
to be represented by this supposed union. And this union allowed every one of those teachers to be laid off. One of them was pregnant, lost her medical insurance. All of them were just totally demoralized. They thought, why doesn't the district like, they blamed it on the district. How come the district? And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. It wasn't the district. It was your union. I was there. I tried to fight for you. The union wouldn't go for it. The district went for it 100%. So that's what the union's really doing. They're chasing great teachers out of the job, uh, not standing in solidarity with teachers. Uh, you know, and it, uh, it's just immoral. And that's just one of a thousand stories I could tell you that I faced as a union rep or just as a teacher. I think we're speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's just crazy that they were like, uh, you know, don't worry about it. We'll, you don't have to worry about trying to save your jobs. And then in the end, they're like, actually, just we're going to teach you how to get unemployment. So we're not actually going to save your jobs. You can go get unemployment. Yeah. Um, talk That's to us a little bit about this Supreme Court case that I think really kind of elevated you and your cause. Um, what, what happened there? Kind of explain. I, I read a little bit about it and this idea of like an agency shop or something like that with unions. Explain a little bit of that so people know what was going on with that. Sure. So all teachers that were in a unionized school, which is basically all public schools in the United States, and every government employee in a union, and just so people have a, a, a good understanding, the DMV is unionized, the VA, the CDC, you wonder why they're so corrupt, they're unionized. Uh, the DOJ, the FBI, you name the three-letter agency, there's people within that agency that are unionized. So we have, you know, millions and millions of Americans that are paying these government unions, and most of them are highly corrupt. And so um, agency fees was, it was just so corrupt. So there was a man like myself, his name was Mr. Abood. And in 1977, he took a case to the U.S. Supreme Court. He was a teacher and he sued Detroit Board of Education to try to stop union dues. He didn't want to be unionized. He wanted to do what was right for the children. Well, he lost. And the Supreme Court made a decision that, well, Mr. Abood is right that people shouldn't have to fund the politics of the union. But since the union has monopoly bargaining control, by the way, they got the monopoly bargaining control by asking for it and manipulating the system, the legislature, the judicial system to get that power to have the monopoly bargaining control. So um, in other words, none of us can bargain for ourselves. Only the, the union that's assigned to you can bargain for you, whether you like them or not. So um, the, the Supreme Court tried to, to make a, a split kind of in the decision. They said the unions have monopoly bargaining control, so you have to pay them. Everyone has to pay them but you don't have to pay their politics. That's not right. So we're going to create something called agency fees. Here's how it worked. So the union would tell you that nobody had to be a member and nobody had to pay dues. Well, technically that was true, but everybody had to accept their representation and everybody had to pay agency fees. The difference between dues and fees when I first started teaching was about $50 a year. So I was paying hundreds of dollars in dues, like 700 at that time. And saving about 50, being a, an agency fee payer, I had no vote. I couldn't go to meetings. I didn't have a voice, nothing. I still had to pay these people. So we thought that was a very corrupt system because the Supreme Court allowed the unions to decide what they're spending on politics and what they're not spending on politics. And of course, they said, oh, we're only spending this very small amount on politics while they're giving billions of dollars 
to Democrat campaigns all around the country. And the other thing we, we realized as employees was collective bargaining itself in the public sector is political because when you're using it, taxpayer dollars, so I was paid by taxpayers as a teacher, and then my dues then were paid by taxpayers. And when you're using taxpayer dollars to make decisions on how much teachers are going to pay, be paid or how much is going to go into the school budget instead of a park or, you know, uh, whatever, whatever the, the taxpayer dollars are being used toward, that's a political decision. So our argument was 100% of government employee dues are political, are being used for political purposes. So um, I first started, as I said, writing editorials to expose the unions for who they really are because they don't really represent teachers or other government employees. Um, they're, they're just a massive political um, path, basically, and, you know, use, use us and the, the government funding that pays us to, um, to bring great damage to the country. So we decided to bring a, a case and move it toward the U.S. Supreme Court in order to overturn that 1977 Abood decision. So Abood became precedent. So no court in the country could rule against a boot. So no one could free anybody from forced agency fees or forced paying forced union dues um, unless the Supreme Court overturned that precedent. It's very rare for the Supreme Court to overturn a precedent, but it was a bad precedent and it was unconstitutional. So our case sought to overturn that precedent. And um, it was pretty remarkable. We, we, our, our lawyers said, look, to the lower courts, they said, look, you can't do anything for our clients or the plaintiffs because you can't rule against a Supreme Court precedent. So please just let us move on, rule against us and let us move toward the U.S. Supreme Court. They did that. We got through the local courts in about eight months. We got through the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in about eight months, which is miraculous. And we our case was heard at the U.S. Supreme Court in January of 2016. Um, a majority of the justices agreed with us that collective bargaining in the public sector is political all the time. So 100% of government union dues that they collect from uh, from government employees, it's all used for politics. So um, we had the favor of a majority of the justices in agreeing with that. Um, and we were really thrilled about that because we believe it's unconstitutional to force government employees to pay a union and they no longer have to. Yeah, that's sort of... Uh similar to uh i've done some a little bit of work on this first amendment stuff in terms of the the like the the janus decision and unions and freedom of association and not being forced to pay union dues um but going back to specifically teacher unions like it's insane and you nailed it that this idea of like we're we as taxpayers pay public schools pay salaries those salaries are then the chunk of that goes back to the unions who then turn around and donate back to Democrats who then write the laws that then it's just like this horrible, vicious cycle and more and more people just don't know about it in California. I don't think people realize this horrible, vicious cycle, this, this sort of inbreeding between the unions and the Democrats. It's just, it's really horrible. And I, I don't, I think people, more people need to know about it because if they knew what their tax dollars were going to, and how this is all being funded, a lot of people probably would wake up and go like, "What you know? What where's where are my tax dollars going to? Am I literally just giving money to fund Democratic campaigns? Is my 
tax dollars going to fund Democratic campaigns. Um, and you can always follow the money whenever it comes to anything in California. Follow the money. Nine times out of 10, it always ends up back at a union. So um, I think you nailed it, that it, it is sort of this weird, exactly. vicious cycle. Yeah, and I'd love to address what you just said. Just to, Let's say there's some Democrats listening tonight. Look, we're not talking about your normal um, classical Democrat out there, you know, somebody who voted for JFK years ago, somebody who shares good values but just happens to be a Democrat. We're talking about radicalized people who have a truly a communist agenda. They they want to um, sexualize little children. Uh, they they are pushing uh, an agenda that there's more than two sexes. That you know there's a an infinite number of genders and you can change your gender every day. They're pushing critical race theory, which is a Marxist theory uh, that is basically divide and conquer. And I could go on and open borders, defund the police abolish ICE, sanctuary cities. This is all pushed by the so-called teacher unions and their Democrat allies. So these aren't, I know a lot of classical Democrats who are against all of that stuff. So these are people who are far left radicals who do not love our constitutional free republic. They do not believe in our constitution. They want to change our country. Obama said it, fundamentally change. Why would you fundamentally change the greatest republic that's ever existed, that's brought the most freedom? Because you're a communist, you're a Marxist, a socialist, whatever you want to call yourself. So that's the thing that people have to understand is the, the sorts of um, uh, politicians that the unions are actually supporting are these radical left type of people. Here in California, the unions, I wouldn't even say the Democrats, the unions have a two thirds plus supermajority in our state legislature. And all you have to do is look at the bills that they bring forward and that they pass in this state. Uh, you know, you can kill a baby up to 30 days after it's born. Thank you to the Democrat majority that are all put into office by the so-called teacher unions. The teacher unions could say, oh, we're not behind that. But 100% of the people they put into office passed that bill. So, of course, they're behind it. So once you start digging into uh, what the union candidates, the people that the unions have put into office, like uh, Newsom, uh, Nancy Pelosi, um, Adam Schiff, uh, any super corrupt, radical Democrat that is not representing any one of us, any they're not representing we the people, they're not speaking for us, uh, that are pushing an agenda, they were put into the office into office by the so-called government unions, especially the teacher unions. So um, it's frightening, uh, but we could stop it because before we brought our case, and you mentioned the Janus case, so our case was heard in 2016, and uh, we won oral arguments. But the way the Supreme Court works is you go to oral arguments. The justices privately make a decision, then they write the decision, and the decision comes out months later. Our case and Little Sisters of the Poor were the two biggest cases of the year, so we knew our case would come out at the end of the term, sometime in June. Well, a month after our case was heard, Justice Scalia died. And we, I mean, even our lawyers were like, what happens when a justice dies? Well, what we learned is that once a justice dies, you lose that justice's vote. So even though Scalia voted in our favor, we lost his vote and we got a four to four tie. We had asked the, the justices to rehear our case. But at that time, this was during the primaries, the 20 before the 2016 election. Um, pretty much most people thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. And I think the justices, I don't know, I haven't talked to them, but I think they thought, 
good grief, if Hillary wins and we give these teachers another round at hearing their case and Hillary puts someone on this court, they're going to lose. And the set precedence is going to be set in concrete and we're not going to be able to undo this mess. So they didn't give us a rehearing. Janice was built on our case that Mark Janice is a friend of mine. He was in the court during our oral argument, sitting next to my husband saying, I'm really glad your wife's doing this and I don't have to. Well, when Scalia died, all of a sudden the Janice case was sitting there waiting. And when, when Trump won and appointed a conservative justice, the Janice case moved forward. So the Janice case is basically the Friedrichs case just read, redone. Um, and, uh, so in, in, on June 27th, actually my birthday in 2018 is when the Janice case won. So that's when all government employees were freed from forced unionism in the United States of America. So if you're out there and you're either paying a government union or you know someone who's paying a government union, please, we have a website for kidsandcountry.org. If you understand that the unions are a problem, just click on union exit. We have a three-step program, all free to you, and we help you get out and help you get alternative liability insurance if you're a teacher or educator. Uh, and any government employee, we can help you get out of the unions, but the alternative liability is for the educators. And then um, if you're not a, a government employee, but you want to educate one, you want them to know, oh my gosh, did you know your union is behind the, the destruction of our American free republic and behind these open borders, letting millions of illegals into our country and et cetera, et cetera. Um, then just go to our website for kidsandcountry.org and click on adopt a teacher and we'll teach you in three minutes how to get behind someone and educate them on what's really going on with their union. And we give you um, access to the information you need to educate um, them. So I, I think Can we uh, say the, the website one more time because that's really important. Heard, heard us yeah, passion. it's for kidsandcountry.org and you either click on uh, union, I mean, uh, adopt a teacher or union exit. Okay, thank you. And I wanted to go back to something you said a moment ago about how it's really not the Democrats in office running things, but rather the unions. And, you know, last year was really the, the year of the moms running for school boards, trying to get in and take this over because they were not going to do this anymore. And they were like, okay, fine, we're all running. And so I had some friends running. And what I saw was the unions, I suppose it was, they were then spending hundreds of thousands and millions to really try to outwin these moms. They were, you know, people that had no interest, which I think is a part of the problem is that they're just putting in a candidate, just to put in a candidate as a placeholder to say, no, we're not going to have these Republican moms in office. We're going to make sure it's our own candidate. And then their own candidate really doesn't care about the job, but they win because they've got all the, you know, the backing of the money and the unions and everything. And then right. now we have, and this isn't to say everybody, but now we have these school boards with a majority that don't actually care about their job. They're just there because the unions want them there. Yeah. And it gets even more diabolical than that. So here's what the unions do. Beware, folks. The PTA was corrupted a long time ago. There's a whole chapter in my book. Um, helping people to understand that the PTA got captured by the unions in the 1960s and the 1970s. The unions bullied them into a stance of neutrality. So even, like, I was teacher, PTA teacher rep my whole career. I paid teacher and, and parent PTA dues for decades until I woke up to this problem. Um, and I woke up to it as a teacher PTA rep when I started pushing back on some stuff that was radical and I got slapped and my principal pulled me off as PTA rep and put the union rep in my place. So then I started doing digging and learning what was really going on with the PTA. So if you're in the PTA, leave, start your own PTO. You can learn about that online. 
or do something, you know, just private. PTA is corrupt. They're, they're pushing the same exact agenda. Go on their website. You'll see the same agenda as the unions. So, um, so what the, what the unions do is they watch these PTA parents. They find the most radical parents or the meanest, nastiest parents, and those are the ones they hand select to run for school board. If they can manipulate a PTA parent, if they know, oh, I can get this parent to do what I want, that's the one they select. So if you're strong-willed and you have opinions and you do your own research, they're not going to pick you. So they pick basically what, what Lenin would have called useful idiots, people who are going to do whatever the union wants them to do, uh, moldable people that can be puppeteered. It's sad, but it's happening all over our country. So you have a lot of people serving on school boards, and this is true of city councils. This is true of county boards, um, all the way up to the presidency. People who are hand-selected by unions because either they're corrupt and far left or they're easily to, easy to manipulate. And then you're right. The unions pour millions and millions of dollars into their candidates. These poor people that are truly, you know, dedicated to their community, their parents, their pastors, whoever they are, and they're run for office and they've got, you know, a few hundred bucks or a few thousand dollars and a few people helping them. The union has a machine and they bring in as much money as they need for every single candidate that they uh, are promoting. And they use unionized employees as coerced boots on the ground. And I'll even tell you a story in my own community. I live in a very conservative part of Southern California. And there's a teacher in our community, he taught in our district, who literally was so bullied by the teachers unions that he went door to door to campaign against his own uncle. He was in agreement with his uncle. He wanted his uncle to win, but he campaigned against his uncle because the unions bullied him that harshly. So that's what's going on with teachers and other government employees. They're, they're trapped in this mafia-like system. The unions are total, they use total mafia tactics to terrorize and control um, the, the employees. And so then the unions end up with all kinds of boots on the ground campaign people. You see a teacher strike, the majority of those teachers don't want to be out there striking. They've been bullied into it. They've been told you lose your job if you don't do it. You cross the picket line, you're bullied for the rest of your career. So teachers, they just want to go along to get along. So they have a few nasty ones in the front who are their activists. And by the way, I've had teachers report to me from around the country that Antifa and Black Lives Matter show up for their teacher union strikes. They're out in the front lines and these terrorized teachers are in the back holding these signs they've been, you know, bullied to carry. So it's, it's all propaganda. It's all this, um, it's this machine that just that has run roughshod over teachers, over our schools, over our communities. And I'm, you know, grateful to you for helping me to get the message out to your viewers so they can understand that. Don't vote for the person that sends the most glossy flyers to your house. If it says on there, you know, sponsored by the teachers, that's the person you vote against. You know, sponsored by the unions, vote against them. You know, vote for the person that comes to your door and says, you know, I'm a mom or I'm a community member and I really care and I want to stop this radical agenda. That's who you vote for, not the glossy flyers and all the money that the unions are pouring into our elections. I actually took, a, I'm reading your book on my Kindle app and I took a screenshot of something you had said about that. If you don't mind me reading. Oh, um, please. I mean, I'm not going to read your whole book. <laughs> I want people to <laughs> read it but um i forget exactly what story you were talking about it i think um oh because you guys were trying to do school vouchers 
um, oh, yeah. choice. And then you said in the book, our mandatory dues were used to produce beautiful campaign flyers with cleverly worded talking points, warning vo voters of the evils of the vouchers. These were dispersed to voters throughout the state, along with phone calls and active campaigning provided by the pressured assistance of California teachers. So yeah. yes, using your own dues to yeah. fund all these things against you, against parents, yeah. against teachers, against, against the children, against the children. Against That's the children. a big thing. And, and against the country. Uh, you know, our American founders were very, very uh, deliberate and careful about the way they set up our educational system. It was excellent. And it, it included the classics and the Bible was our main textbook. Uh, we had the Ten Commandments on every wall of every classroom. We taught our students astronomy. We taught them Western civilization. We taught them accurate history. Our, our students were so bright. They could, they could read. You know, over 90% of Americans were not only reading, but reading well and writing and beautiful cursive, too. And so the unions have purposely come in and undermined the entire educational system with all this money that they're pouring into these campaigns. Um, and they do it by deceiving people. And they use very cleverly worded talking points that sound like, isn't this nice? Oh, a community school. A community school is a way to undermine the families. And community schools are all over California. Newsom put over $4 billion into community schools in the latest educational budget. And literally, community schools are a communist model. And But the way they sell it, I mean, I've had sweet, wonderful teachers get mad at me for pushing back on community schools because they've bought the lie. They've bought the propaganda that it's something good. So we all just have to wake up to these cleverly worded messages. And I'll, I'll tell a quick story from that exact uh, situation that you're mentioning. That was my fifth year of teaching. So it was like 1993 or something like that. And, um, you know, I didn't have kids yet, but I knew that I wanted to have the choice of whether I homeschooled my kids or put them in private school or public school or some other, you know, co-op or whatever. Um, and so the unions would come into our, our mandatory staff meetings every week and they would bully us and, and tell us that if, if vouchers pass, things are going to go back to the past. You're going to have to wear dresses down to your ankles. They're going to be measuring the length of your dresses and you're all going to lose your jobs. And all oh, the kids are going to be taught by people who, who don't know how to teach. And I mean, they really, I mean, just terrorized teachers and bullied us. It was all lies. And, um, you know, when I pushed back, we were in a mandatory staff meeting and every week they would pass around papers and say, you all need to sign up to phone bank against the vouchers. Well, I had done my due diligence. I'd read about it. I'd gone to debates about it. And really at the time I was on the fence, but I didn't want to be told by my union that I had to defeat it. And so, the, you know, they passed around their paperwork and and, and the union rep at the time, you know, she saw that I didn't sign. I didn't sign up to phone bank to defeat vouchers. She stopped in the middle of the meeting and, you know, why didn't you sign that? And I said, well, I, I'm really on the fence. I, I don't think I'm for, you know, being against vouchers. I think I'm for them. I think I want families to have a choice. And, and I think it might be a good idea. And she just, she so immediately, she goes, oh, you're a radical right winger. And she just called me names and just isolated me. That's what they do. They isolate you. And they, um, if you've ever read Rules for Radicals, that's their, that's their Bible. They follow Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. There's 12 rules. One of them is find a target. Uh, and, and I forget exactly how he says it, but basically you isolate the person. So when they do that to you, everybody else gets terrified. So all the teachers were silent. I never did sign up. But for the rest of that school year, the union reps would not talk to me. 
I was isolated. After the meeting, I had teachers follow me back to my classroom. And when we were in a private place, they said, oh, we agree with you 100%. And I said, why didn't you speak up? Why didn't you not sign up? And they just shrugged their shoulders. Every one of them signed up to phone bank. Every one of them went out to defeat vouchers. So this is manipulation. This is bullying. This is mafia tactics. This is lies. This is propaganda. And so this is what California has been going through for decades. And this is how our state's been captured. This is how we've been undermined. Um, I believe California is a majority conservative state. And I'm not saying majority Republican, that everyone would call themselves a Republican. But I think the majority of Californians want freedom, low taxes. I think they want the gas prices to go down. I think they don't want to be dependent on our, on our enemies. I think they want our borders secure. I don't think they want their children sexualized in our schools. I think their children want, they want their children to learn how to read. Uh, you know, we have millions of functional illiterates now, thanks to the unions and the way they've destroyed our educational system. So I think the majority of Americans want what, what we want. Um, we have the majoritarian values. Give us freedom, protect our kids, Help us to educate our kids. Get out of our way. Let us live. Um, and the Democrats who are supported by the radical unions, that's not what they want. They want to control us. They're tyrants. So um, I'm glad people are waking up to who they really are. Yeah. How I much of. Uh, I was yeah, going to say, I I just, what I've been talking. No, you ask. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just want I want I want to make a comment that I, I think. COVID in a way, and I've said this before on different episodes and different shows, uh, COVID, I think, really exposed the rot of a lot of California institutions from Sacramento, the inefficiency, the bureaucracy, and the backlash against schools may have been the silver lining, even though a lot of kids had to suffer through Zoom classes and stuff like that. I think a lot of teacher or parents were able to see what is being taught in school and what's the curriculum? And I think it just absolutely horrified a lot of parents to go, wow, is this really what's happening in my school? Is this what my kid is learning? Like, and then I think it's, it's kind of snowballed into this momentum of people getting involved in school boards, people learning more about how to run for school board. Um, and I, that's to your point that I think a lot of people are for these common sense things. They want to send their kids to school so they can learn how to do math and read and write and social studies and history and all that stuff. But then at the end of the day, they, they look at these radical ideologies being taught to them and they just go, what, what the heck are we doing here? Like, this isn't, this isn't what we signed up for. This isn't what we want. Um, do you see that more? Like, do you think after COVID there's been more of a pushback by parents to be like, what's going on in our school showing up at school board meetings and being more involved? Yes, you are 100% right. Thank God. So pre-COVID, I have been preaching the same message, <laughs> you know, for 35 years. I've been pushing against the unions since I was a student teacher, because that's when I first found out about their shenanigans. I, I watched a teacher abusing little first graders every day and found out from my master teacher that that teacher was protected by the unions and the kids were out of luck. So I never wanted to pay the unions. I was always aware of their evils. I didn't know how evil until I got deep more deeply involved um but i can tell you people didn't believe me before when i i've been blowing the whistle about sex ed for a long time blowing the whistle about the union's radical agenda and people thought you know uh, you don't know what you're talking about it can't that can't possibly be going on 
until COVID. So the, the beauty of COVID, I agree with you. We call it the, we, we released a movie last year, Whose Children Are They? And we also call it the silver lining of COVID because it awakened a sleeping giant called parents and good teachers. And so you described how it awakened parents and how it, it brought great damage to children. Um, but thank God, at least it awakened their parents. It also awakened teachers. So what most people don't realize is the majority of teachers would never teach those radical agendas. Never. They wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. And so what the unions have done is, well, let's just take the sex ed. When the unions wrote the California Healthy Youth Act, the sex ed, uh, comprehensive sexuality education, yes, the unions write these things and then they get the legislators they put into office to bring these bills. In this case, it was Shirley Nash Weber, who after she was able to get this radical sex ed put into our uh, state, uh, you know, passed into our state, she was rewarded by being named the Secretary of State. Um, very, uh, a woman that 100% pushes the radical union agenda. We need to get her out of there, um, out of Secretary of State position and any other position. Uh, she does not serve the people of California at all. She serves the unions. She serves her master, which is not us. And in America, by the way, we the people are the master. We are the sovereign. They're supposed to be serving us, not serving some, you know, lobbyist group or political agenda or special interest group. But anyway, what happened with, with the COVID was teachers woke up. So I'm just going to tell you a story about one group of teachers, but this is um, this is true all around the country. So in Los Angeles Unified School District, the second largest district in this country, one of the most corrupt districts in this country, run by just radical teacher union leadership. Um, there are over a thousand employees that were either fired or otherwise put on online learning or whatever because they refused to take an experimental shot called the COVID-19. I won't call it a vaccine. It's, it's an experimental shot. They refused to take it. They, you know, they put in religious exemptions, medical exemptions, and LAUSD refused to accept their exemptions and, or put them on, relegated them to online learning. You know, still to this day, these people are not allowed to come onto campuses because they haven't gotten a shot. Many of them lost their job, lost their way of living. Well, this woke them up. These are teachers who stood in the picket line last time, you know, years, few years ago when LAUSD had a strike. They didn't this time. Do you know about 300 teachers crossed the picket line a month or two ago when LAUSD had their strike? That didn't make the news. Of course not. The, the media is never, media is controlled by the unions and the left. Why would they tell us the teachers are upset? These are really good, many of them godly teachers who really love the students and want to do what's right for the children, but they didn't understand how radical and evil their union was until the COVID, until they started seeing, uh, you know, what a lot of these activist, union activist teachers were teaching. And then um, what a lot of those teachers still don't know, and I'd like to tell, tell you, and please share with, with teachers all around our state and all around our country, is when the unions push these radical sex laws, um, bringing the sex, the radical sex ed into our schools, um, they, they, they write things into the law. In California, it says that if teachers are unqualified to teach this, then we'll bring in the experts. What does that mean in Orwellian Newspeak, the, the language that the unions speak, the propaganda lies? That means if a teacher is going to say, whoa, I'm not teaching that, that's child abuse, right? So teacher won't teach it. They bring in the experts. Who are the experts? Planned Parenthood. Yeah. So people don't realize Planned Parenthood has contracts with school districts all over this country, all over California, 
all over states, all around this nation. And parents, you know, file some FOIAs all over the place and find out if your school district has Planned Parenthood. I would wager my money if you're in California, your school district is very likely working with Planned Parenthood. So it's not your teacher that's teaching this radical agenda. It's Planned Parenthood or some other radical, you know, special interest group that's being brought in and getting a lot of your tax dollars to harm your children. So this is a very deep evil agenda and the unions are the root of it. And so in my opinion, we need to make these government unions illegal again. They, they don't belong in our schools. Their friends don't belong in our schools, uh, like the ACLU and Southern Poverty Law Center and all these other organizations that have infiltrated our schools. They don't belong there. Schools should be run by parents, the teachers that parents hire, good teachers with good motives. And uh, we as neighborhoods should be controlling our schools, not a bunch of special interest groups or the state or the feds. Uh, federal money shouldn't be involved in our schools at all. So we have a we have a big battle to fight, but I think people are finally awake enough to do it, and our kids are worth it. And by the way, our freedoms are worth it too. Absolutely, I it baffles my mind when I read articles about you know oh these crazy parents coming in and trying to take over the schools, and then the comments will be like these parents are so unqualified and have no idea what they're talking about, and they need to just step aside and let the teachers, let the schools, you know, educate their kids, and they shouldn't have a say in the curriculum because they they didn't go to school for this. And I'm just so I homeschool. Yeah, good for you. I, I, have, always, I have always homeschooled, and it's kind of it's not funny, but it's kind of funny because when I started homeschooling. My oldest is a junior in high school now, but so 12 years ago, I guess, my big concern was I'm a Christian and I don't want my kids learning about evolution in the school system. I want to teach creation. That was actually like my big concern 15 years ago. And every year it's just, now I laugh at how silly that is. Like, oh, I could just teach them that at home. But the rest of what's going on in schools, no. Absolutely not. Yeah. I will never. My answer when people would say, Oh, why do you homeschool? How long do you plan to homeschool? And I'd say, Oh, as long as it works, as long as it works. Now I have gotten through this far. I have four kids and my youngest is about to finish sixth grade. And I'm, I'm like, No, I will never. They are not going to public school ever. I won't. I can't. And I like, I know there's great teachers. I am friends with many great teachers. I have teachers in my family, but I will not. I refuse to put my kids on. I, I can't. Yeah, well, God bless so, you, Camille. And, and, you know, and really you're following as a Christian, you're following God's directive to you and his precepts, because the scripture tells us that we are to raise and educate our own children. That is our job. And the scripture is very clear about it. So um, God bless you. And I really feel like it's the homeschooled kids that are going to save this country because they actually know uh, they understand the Constitution. They understand, you know, how our government is supposed to work. We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional free republic. Most people don't know that. Um, so your children, they probably are learning the Western Civ. They're reading the Bible. They're probably reading the classics. Your kids could help save our country. So thank you. But I wanted to address something you said, and that is um, this whole narrative that parents aren't smart enough. That is a lie that the teachers unions have been pushing for decades, oh, not teachers, the unions, the unions that claim to represent teachers. And I'm sad to report that there are many teachers that fall from for this narrative. And it's because they hear it over and over and over. They hear it in their teacher college. They hear it on campus. But if you sit down with a truly good, honest, caring teacher and you help them to understand this is propaganda, 
you've been manipulated, you've been propagandized. Once they start to see the truth, they break free of these narratives. So it, I have personally read in black and white, because I do so much research on the unions, where they have stated in their documents how parents, you know, are not capable of teaching their own kids and they don't want parents to teach their own kids. It's very mm -hmm. obvious with their agenda that they are trying to undermine parents. They are undermining parents and they, um, they want this, they state this constantly. Randy Weingarten, when she was on, uh, when she lied under oath, uh, when she testified before Congress a couple weeks ago, everybody was alarmed that she was lying about, um, that, that the, her organization, American Federation of Teachers didn't, you know, try to keep the schools closed. Of course she did that. She had backroom deal with the CDC. They followed her guidance. I mean, crazy. She's not a scientist. She's not a teacher either. And, and she's not a parent, by the way. Uh, she's just a radical left community organizer who has a lot of power and a lot of money, makes about 500 grand a year off the backs of teachers. So that woman not only lied to Congress under oath, but she kept talking about how great community schools are. She kept talking about, and community schools are a communist model. And so people didn't understand the things that were coming out of her mouth. She was pushing a very radical agenda and making it sound very sweet, making it sound like teachers are the experts and teachers know everything. And we need to, you know, support these wonderful teachers. Yes, we should support wonderful teachers who are supporting parents and who are doing a great job and who are not, you know, manipulating children or sexualizing them or, you know, teaching them to be social justice warriors or whatever. If you're a great teacher and you're doing your job teaching kids to read and write and to be patriotic and, and moral and respectful, uh, you know, hooray. Thank God for you. And you work with parents and you serve them great. But that's not what the unions are doing. They're behind this whole narrative that parents can't do it. And I run into so many parents who tell me there's no way I can homeschool. I just don't understand. Yes, you can. I don't care if you don't speak English. You can do a better job homeschooling your children in English, even if you don't speak English, than the schools are going to do educating your children. That's how corrupt our schools are. There's some good teachers, but there's a lot of radical stuff going on, and you're going to do a better job on your own. Not only that, you're going to learn. Because I don't know about y'all, but I went to public schools in California, and I was an A student some B's. My dad did not allow C's. A very, you know, very dedicated student. And there was a lot they did not teach me. They never pulled down a map. They never taught us Western civilization. I had to learn all that myself. Um, my, my government class was full of football players who were so out of control and the teacher had no control over the class. We didn't learn anything. So we didn't even learn about the constitution or the three branches of government. I had to teach myself. So parents, I am telling you, I don't care who you are, how little education you have, how, how, you know, broken your English, you can teach your children at home better than the public schools are going to teach your children. And I hope you'll do it. I hope you won't listen to the propaganda of the unions anymore. They want your kids. They want to manipulate and control your kids and they're tyrants. They want to control our country. Don't let them do that. Hold on to your kids. Thank you so much for that. I get really passionate about homeschool. So thank you. And thank also you. If a, like I graduated from public high school here in Orange County, and if our K through 12 systems are so great, then by the time we graduate, we should be capable of teaching children what we learned. So if we aren't capable, then I guess they failed us. And so that's on them. Exactly. And there's one other thing I want to tell your, your, your viewers, especially the homeschoolers or those who are thinking about homeschooling or have been too afraid to homeschool. Did you know that in the old days of America, when our schools were great 
and, you know, our country was thriving and we were entrepreneurial. I mean, we, we were, you know, we didn't have a bunch of functionally illiterates. We didn't even have dyslexia. Dyslexia is the fault of the unions, too, because they pulled out phonics. But anyway, that's another story for another day. But when our country was doing so well and our education system was the envy of the world, do you know that teachers did not have to have a college degree? They just learned in our one-room schoolhouses or our little dame schools. They learned in our system. It wasn't called public in those days, but they just learned in our American educational system. They learned so much that they knew more when they graduated the eighth grade than we know when we graduate college today. It's pathetic what the unions have done to our educational system. You might think you had a great education here in America. You didn't. You didn't. Unless you're maybe 85, 90 years old, our education system hasn't been, or you went to Hillsdale College or, you know, some special private school or you were homeschooled. Um, our educational system has literally been flipped on its head. And so, um, if the teachers of the greatest educational system in the past didn't have a college degree, why would you need one? You don't. You just need no. You just need to to know how to teach well and have some good curricula, and that's available out there. And obviously, Camille can help you find that. So can we at ForKidsInCountry.org. <laughs> so with a uh, with a couple minutes left. Um... I was going to throw this out to the viewers who are watching. If you have any comments or questions for Rebecca, we're going to be finishing up in about 10 minutes um, coming up on the hour. But I, I guess I want to bring it all home with, you know, what could we do? What is the next step? What is the action items that people who are asking? What can we do to help with this entire battle? How can we get involved? I am so glad you asked this. Because we do have action items at forkidsandcountry.org. Um, and, and the key is you have to educate people who are still paying government unions. And there are millions of them. And you likely have one in your life. Do you know someone who works for the VA or the DMV or um, the Department of Ed or who's a teacher or a nurse working in a, a government system? Um, there's just there's so many government employees out there, someone who's working, uh, you know, as a social worker, they're all paying union dues and they're paying these corrupt unions who are destroying your kids, our country, um, which is why we call ourselves for kids and country, because we're for saving those two things. Um, and you can help. So what do you do? You come to forkidsandcountry.org. That's our website. You you can just click on join the movement. It'll take you to a page that gives you all these little buttons that helps you to discover everything we can help you do. But the two most important to us is, um, or, you know, to help you make this action item is adopt a teacher and union exit. So adopt a teacher takes three minutes to learn how to do it. Um, you're basically just embracing any educator, you know, it could be a principal, it could be a school board member. It could be a janitor. I don't care. They're working in the school system. They're paying the unions. Um, you just put your arm around them. You educate them. You're going to forget all the things I told you. You know, I can't remember what Rebecca said. I wrote a book. It's called Standing Up to Goliath. You can see it on our website. See where to order it if you want one. Um, and I, I even have it on audio. It's on Kindle, so there's no excuses. Everybody can can read it. It's an easy read. It's all stories. Um, and so, and then we have a lot of toolkits and things on our website too, all free of charge to you that you can read and and just understand the answers. Teachers are going to ask you questions you can't answer. That's why we have a teacher toolkit that answers all the questions for them because they're going to ask you the tough ones that you can't answer. So adopt a teacher is number one. Learn how to do that. 
Start educating every, every educator you know, anyone who's involved in school, and other government employees who are paying unions about what these unions are really about. Government unions. I'm not talking about private sector unions. I'm not talking about your construction friend. Don't get mad at me, Mr. Construction Worker. <laughs> talking about government. Um, and then the second thing is click on our union exit. Once you understand how corrupt these unions are and you don't want to fund the demise of the greatest republic, you don't want to fund the demise of your freedom or your children or your family, um, you don't want to lose your home or anything that you can lose. With, you see this radical agenda that's going on. The unions put Biden in office. You're upset with what Biden's doing and the radical people he puts in positions, they're all chosen by the so-called teachers unions so, and other radical unions. So click union exit. It's a three-step process. We help you to get out of the unions. It's free of charge to you. And um, getting as many people out of the government unions as possible is, is the first step in ending this nightmare. Uh, it's my goal to, to make the unions illegal again. And we work on that every day, getting our message out. So help us get our message out. Um, at ForKidsAndCountry.org, sign up for our newsletter so we can keep you um, educated. Sign up for our social media sites. Um, you know, help us. Come on and, and make a donation if you want. Um, just helping people to know the truth. The truth sets you free, right? So helping them to know the truth and to stop funding the lies is, is where we start. Absolutely. I actually have another question for you about something that I read in your book. Do you know if it's still true? Because you mentioned that the unions, like it was something about, I think they're funding twice as much as big pharma is. Is that still? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, I'm so glad you brought that up. So, um, and that was out of California too. There was a, I can't remember the name of the commission, but it was a nonpartisan commission that did a study on the top 15 highest donors to political campaigns in the state of California. California Teachers Association topped the list and they spent double, more than double that of Big Pharma. So everyone, especially since COVID, they see that Big Pharma is the bad guy. They see, you know, all the manipulation and the lies and they want to fill us full of all these pills and shots and make us sick, but they don't understand the teachers unions spend more than double than Big Pharma. And the teachers unions have control of your kids and they're not really representing teachers. And they're not really a union, right? They're just this political animal uh, that's collecting your tax dollars to push their agenda. Yes, that's still very true. That commission has not done a current study. So that particular study is a little bit dated now, a few years ago. Um, but yeah, that, that con continues to be true. Um, that, and I think on that uh, list of 15, the majority of them were government unions, other government unions like SEIU, AFL-CIO. So it's not just the teachers unions. Um, these unions, I mean, when you dig in, look, the teachers unions alone are bringing in close to 5 billion with a B annually tax-free and they're spending it all on politics. And if you add up all the other government unions out there who are unionizing millions and millions of Americans, can you imagine the billions and billions they're bringing in tax-free to destroy your freedoms? So this is, I mean, like, this is a you know, alert, alert, what do the uh, uh, firefighters call it? A five alarm fire, or whatever they call it. I mean, yeah. it doesn't get any worse. It doesn't get any worse. The schools are on fire. Your kids are inside. The unions are the ones that lit the match. They're the ones that put it on fire. So we have to stop these people. They are a domestic, you know, threat. Um, people who are serving in our government, they've taken an oath of office 
to protect and defend against domestic enemies, uh, if they're in bed with the teacher unions or these other corrupt unions, they're 100% against their oath. They should be standing against these people who are threatening our very way of life and our children. So it's a, it's a big deal. Huge deal. Yeah, I just want to finish. Um, Murray Rothbard wrote in Anatomy of the State, he talked about why is the state so obsessed with having public education? It's because then they can push their agenda through the state, what they want you to think and what they want you to do. And that's why they have such an enormous hold on public education. And um, everything you've talked about tonight just reaffirms that, that they, they want to have absolute total control over public education so that they can control what your kids are learning, that they follow their orders, that they grow up believing a certain thing um, that the state wants you to believe. So um, yes, it's a great Great book. I, I recommend anybody check it out. But I also recommend that you check out your book. Uh, where else can people find and learn more about you? Um, and where can they pick up a copy of your book? Hey, thanks for asking. So they can find me at forkidsincountry.org or they can find us for Kids in Country on pretty much any social media platform. We are no surprise shadow banned on um, Facebook and Instagram. Um, so people don't see our posts, but we're there. Nonetheless, you can go to our page and see our posts. Um, and my book is pretty much anywhere books are sold online. Um, and they can find a direct link on our website for kidsandcountry.org. And the book is called um, Standing Up to Goliath. And just really quickly in response to what you just said, Phil, our American founders who knew exactly how to have freedom, they told us very clearly in their writings that the only way to keep a free republic is with a well-educated moral citizenry that can self-govern. These unions want to undermine our freedoms and undermine our republic. They are tyrants who want to control us. So that's why they're undermining our great education, our morals, so we can't self-govern. So it's really a big deal that we not have the federal government involved in our schools, putting money in our schools, and the state government's supposed to be very hands-off. They're not supposed to be pouring in all the money they're pouring in. So we just have to think differently. People have gotten addicted really to, oh, a free public education. That's not how America was founded and that's not how we stayed free. So one of the ways we can restore America and keep our freedoms is to break free of this government funded public school system because it really is, like you said, Phil, it's a way to allow the tyrants to control. Absolutely. Um, Camille, any final thoughts before we sign off for the night? I mean, you know, I get extreme. I'm like, encouraging people, mass exodus from the public schools, defund public education. But now it sounds like it's more like defund the unions. So I might have to- Yeah, we need to do it all. No, we need to do it all. I agree with you, mass exodus. Yeah, I'm part of another organization, Public School Exit, and we say that mass exodus from the public schools. I agree. Um, and, and I agree. We shouldn't have public schools anymore. We need to go back to what we used to do. And, and yes, please defund the unions and let's fight and fight and fight to make them illegal because- they, they truly are dangerous to our children and to our liberties. All right. Yeah. So we're in agreement. Yeah, I think we're all <laughs> in agreement here. Yeah. Defund public education, defund the unions. Uh, well, Rebecca, yes. thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, welcome back anytime that you want to talk about if there's any updates or anything you want to let our viewers or listeners know. Welcome back anytime. So thank you for coming on. Um, I so appreciate that you were here. I'm very excited that you were here. Thank you. Well, thank yeah, you. It's I'm, been I'm, my honor. 
I'm going to kind of like embarrass Camille now. She's, she was like fangirling hard over this episode specifically. So <laughs> she's no, very I, excited aw. about this one. It was like back so. in the beginning of December that I started co-hosting. And right away, I was like, I want Rebecca on. I want Rebecca on. And I started reaching out to anybody that knew you. And then they're like, well, it's the holidays. Maybe after the holidays. And I was just like, how can I get her? Oh, I'm so glad we got connected. And I'd love to come on again. And I actually have a, a brand new three-minute sizzle reel I'd love to show your audience at some point. So let's do it soon. All right. Yeah, definitely. Good. Whenever you want to come back. So, um, And for everyone who's listening, thank you for tuning in. And the best way, the best free way to support this podcast is share it with anybody, especially this one. Share it with people who don't know about what's going on with the unions and public schools and all of that stuff. Share it with someone and say, hey, do you know about what's going on with our public schools and these unions? Definitely very informational and what Rebecca has to say. And then go check out our resources. Um, and with that, uh, we'll say good night. Have a good night, everybody.